This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Well, Stephen, here hey. we are. Hi, I knew we would be here. Well, we're here, but what's great is this is our first ever Abraham's Wallet podcast recording in which you have an internet connection fast enough to like load pictures on the internet. How and dare stuff. you? Well, I wish there. I wish that was a hilarious joke, but it's pretty much true. How's your closet today? It's a nice temperature. It's gray out. Um, it's comfortable. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite happy being quarantined. We're recording this in the has... of the quarantine. We'll look back on these days with a strange nostalgia. We'll remember when the world changed. But uh, I thrive in days of quarantine. And it's easier for you to thrive because you have a closet that overlooks a beautiful valley lush with greenery. Most of us don't even have a window in our closet. That's true. Much less a place for a microphone and guitar and other things. Yeah. Well, what are we going to talk about today? Well, it seems obvious that what we have to talk about is the fact that our nation's government is writing very, very large checks right now. And um, some of those get get uh, filtered into smaller checks, which are still nothing. They're still not, they're not nothing. And they're coming into our very mailboxes, the nation's mailboxes. This is the stimulus program, which is called the CARE Act. Is that correct? The CARE Act is is a big bill that does all sorts of things, some of which I think we'll talk about today. But the stimulus checks are a piece of the response from our nation's Congress. The congressional body is writing checks that perhaps the mouth can't cash. I don't know. Yeah, well, that the people will cash. So let's talk about that for starters, just from a like GDP standpoint. Uh, I'm such a, I don't know why, I don't actually know why I'm this way. I guess, I guess it's because you and I have both had bad business dealings in the past. In the past 24 hours. (laughs) Um, That I'm, I am, I'm such a free market guy. I just can't, I, I, I want the best man to win. I want the best business to win. And so I want, like, like back at the financial crisis of 08, when these banks are doing underhanded things and airlines are struggling, et cetera, I want them to just be let alone. I want them to fail because the machinery of the enterprise of the economy is saying, for whatever reasons, the, the window is closing on your world, and so you're just going to have to fail the same way that my block 
couldn't sustain five yogurt shops. It just wouldn't work. So the best one's going to have to win. Now you 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 have a much more educated opinion of such things. So so talk me off of my uh, uh, soapbox. Yeah. So I think there's there's two angles here. On the first, I agree with you mostly. I think that. I'm a believer in markets not being perfect, but being way better at regulating economies than people. You know, all we have to do is look at the governments that have attempted to run economies start to finish, like the Russian and Chinese governments. They had complete control to say, this is how many of X and Y and Z we're going to produce, and this is how much those things will cost. You would think if it could be done, they weren't dummies. Like contrary to what I think some on the right might want you to think, they weren't dummies. It's just very, very hard to price anything. So the market is really good at pricing things. Um, And in that sense, I agree with you that companies that are failing should fail. Now, sometimes I'm a veteran of the financial system of 2007, 8, and 9. And sometimes the government still intervenes in such a way that they create rules, businesses follow those rules, and then because of those rules, businesses can no longer operate. Um, That's what happened to the banking system in 08, where the rules kept changing. And there's an argument to be made that some of those companies that failed wouldn't have failed if they had just been left alone from the start. Um, but it's a balance. We don't really want completely unchecked anything in industries that can really screw up people's lives, but we also don't want to get too involved and create systems that, that are out of whack and artificially propped up. So I think for the most part, I agree with you. Sometimes I think bailouts make sense. My big question is in a moment like this, my first thought when I heard and even just looked around me and saw these restaurants closing, I mean, we go to a church with a lot of young people, many of whom pay their rent by working at coffee shops and restaurants right now. And my first thought was, well, I guess because we've all got solid jobs right now, we'll be taking on some people and helping them right now. But nobody's asked for help because they just go to the government and they get help right now. And that's not a knock on them at all. It's just to say that we've trained even people inside of church communities that have people like my family around them to instead of saying, hey, parrots, we're in community with you. Could you help us out? They're saying, I get in the unemployment line and they start sending me checks and then I get a stimulus check. And, you know, I think that's a net negative. Yeah, I think it is too. I, I I want I want our church communities to to bear more burden for supporting people, you know, who for whatever reason are struggling with poverty or joblessness or whatever. And I have such a reflex against now we'll get into our, our the subject at hand, but I just have this reflex about don't know the government is not what we're going to write checks with a trillion trillion with a T on it. Three multiple, multiple trillions of dollars that are, we're just going to 
invent this money out of the sky, just start writing checks, and then oh, that's not good. That's, that's not good. Anyways, that's my <clears throat> that's my reflex to going like, oh great, they're gonna they're gonna give money away that we don't have again. Um, having said that, um, they're gonna do think, it. <laughs> well, I don't think my family qualifies for a stimulus check. But as part of the CARE Act, um, there are small business loans slash grants that are part of that. And we do qualify for that. And, you know, we kind of had a conversation, my wife and I going, um, I'm not in favor. If I was running the world, this wouldn't happen. The, the government wouldn't write three trillion dollar checks um and they are giving it away now so it would help our business to take this thing that our government has decided to do so anyways we we matter of fact just happened today my wife walked in a couple hours ago and said we got this loan slash grant which we if we if the way that it works is if you spend it the right way, the way they've told you to, it is a grant. So um, <clears throat> what's the right way to spend this money that is coming down to, to the people? So um, there was something that George W. Bush did at one point where everybody got a few hundred bucks or something from the government in the mail. I don't remember what that was, do you? I don't think our listeners were born at that time, but okay. Well, whatever. I'm just saying. I do remember a time when I when there was a check with my name on it from the government. I thought, well, this is odd, and certainly it's odd and out of the experience of anybody. It's just not normal to be getting this money. We feel like I think a lot of people feel like your tax return money is a gift from the government, which it's certainly not, but. This is um, this is a gift that you've just been given. So the standard thing for humans to do when they're given a gift like this is pop some bottles. <laughs> that's pretty much correct. Um, to go, wow, what would we love to do? What if just free money just fell from the heavens? What would we do, man? I've always wanted a smoker. You know, one of those green egg smokers? Yeah, I got to get one of those. Or how about a souped up lawnmower? Or let's put a down payment on a hot tub or just whatever crazy thing they could think of. That's what we tend to do with something that feels like pennies from heaven. Is that a good thing to do with pennies from heaven, Mark? So <laughs> I don't think... Okay. I don't think that it's wrong. And we're talking today about this article the, the we threw on the blog last night about how to spend your stimulus check. I don't think I'm going to read that one to you guys. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll read it and post it right after this, this podcast goes live. But um, at the very end of that, we said, yeah, go buy a latte and a cake pop. And I don't think there's anything wrong, whether it's with found money like you're getting right now where you weren't expecting it and it comes to you 
or with money you earned. Like I got a big bonus or I got a big raise. I actually think it's smart to take a tiny slice of that and use it to celebrate. So we're not talking about that, but the big green egg is expensive and that might, that might take all your stimulus check right there. Um, so I think that the thing we want to kind of talk you through today is how to be strategic, uh, about the way you spend money that you weren't expecting to come into. And, in order to be strategic, you have to not only think about it for a second, you have to have a plan before it happens. So this is something we've harped on over and over at Abraham's Wallet is you should have a plan for how you intend to deploy your resources, including your financial resources. So that looks like a budget for most people. You know, this is about how much I'm planning on getting and this is how much I'm going to spend. But Beyond a budget, we also think you should have a plan for if I get extra, I'm going to do this with it. And if you go scroll back through our podcast, we did a whole series on, we called it slush budgeting. So what, how can you make a plan for money that you don't yet even know that you're going to get? This falls into that category. So for this article we put up last week, um, we, we kind of use that same framework to say, could you go back to the slush budgeting framework and think about there's some things that need to just be dealt with emergently. There's some things that you need to deal with before you kind of expand your empire. And then when those two categories are taken care of, you can think about, well, am I ready to invest money to make more money? Am I ready to even just go enjoy some of the fruits of my work by taking a vacation or you're not going to be vacationing right now, but um, whatever, big green egg time. Road trip. Yeah. Road Um, trip where you don't get out of the car and don't need roadside services. Well, yeah, I've put thought toward what could you do road trip wise? You could go to see things. You could see things like Mount Rushmore where it's something that's out that's out there that you can actually look at or are national parks closed the ones in utah are free and open but not uh not banned so there's no all the bathrooms are locked so it's it's thunderdome yeah i don't think you can do things that you can't normally do like zion national park which is phenomenal probably my favorite one in the country the only way to get around is on a bus system you can't just drive around it and those buses aren't running so you can't Uh now drive wherever you want to okay so dookie okay so we need something that you can access from the interstate we went to the salt flats a week ago and just brought our bikes out thinking that would be great fun and it was for about 30 minutes but Stuff like that. It's doable. Airbnbs still operational if you're willing to risk it. I am. <laughs> Steven, um, don't be so reckless. I know. I'm crazy. In um, two weeks, you'll be told that you should go back to 100% of your normal life as it was. But right now, it's it's taking your life in your hands. It's so stupid. Yeah. And we're, we're, I, had, I had a friend who was in a grocery store parking lot. And a lady came up to her and said, why aren't you wearing a mask? 
to the lady in a parking lot at a grocery store for not wearing a mask. Thankfully, she had eggs in her basket and was ready for that lady right there. <laughs> just bang. I mean, it's amazing. I, I and what sometimes when I'm some people when you're out in public with no mask on, which I won't be wearing a mask. People are looking at you like you want to spread this disease, don't you? You love this disease. And I'm looking at like, well, no. I wear a mask sometimes and I don't wear a mask sometimes. So if you guys wear a mask, we don't hate you for it. Uh, if you don't <laughs> wear a mask, we trust your decision making. We're, yeah, we're, knock yourself out. We're going to yeah. leave that to you. But let's say that you you woke up on last Thursday morning and were amongst the first to receive their electronic funds transfer with $2,400 because you're a married person with no kids. What, what should you do with that money, Stephen? What, what's well, it one? sounds like what you're, it sounds like the stuff that you're saying is basically that you, you should consider it in your mind. You should do this thing where you go. Number one, if we were worried about making rent this month, let's, let's toast a Dr. Pepper, have a prayer of thanks. God, you gave us this month's rent. And then you should see it as income. You should treat it exactly as if it's income. And, That's right. And so, if, you're, if, if you haven't lost any income, and so you're still inside your budget, then you should think this is extra income. So it goes into the slush machine. And if you have lost income, I know people within a few inches of this microphone who have lost significant income then you go, uh, great, this helps replace that. And we're going to be as responsible and careful with it as if it was, it was money that was coming in this month. Yeah, that's right. So if you've lost income, this whole podcast is a little bit moot because what we're talking about I is hope. If, if this is extra for you. Here's the kicker is that a lot of people don't deal with situations that are really important emergency situations with their normal income. So this might be, you might feel like, well, I make $3,000 a month and um, I carry $10,000 of credit card debt, but I can make the minimum payments each month. So I guess I'm doing fine. And that was the first item on our list is if you have consumer loans of any kind, this could be a fantastic opportunity to just kill those puppies because we're as we go down the list of what you could do with the money there's a lot of things the the government's actually trying to help people out with right now credit card loans or installment programs on flat screen tvs or whatever you've done no. not one of them no so i don't know that i need to go into too much detail other than to say if you have consumer debt which i would pretty much call anything that's not a mortgage or a student loan, or a reasonable loan on a vehicle, um, feel free to either kill or do damage to that, to that debt with this payment. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to ask you a question. Sorry. Well, maybe you'll think of it when I get to to option number two. And Mark, what, 
Okay, so let's say somebody uh, doesn't have any doesn't have any credit card debt. They've and they're good on their income right now, but this check just came in. Yeah. What else do you want to stimulate for them with this stimulus check? So I have a lot of clients that are doing great. They are making good money, perhaps. And when I say, you know, before we do any retirement savings or investing, I want you to put aside at least three months of income and maybe six to nine months of income. A lot of people kind of go intellectually, I get it, but let's do, let me agree to three months and then actually do about one and a half months in an emergency fund. And I think right now people are going, oh, six months to nine months feels like a better idea because we didn't know until now that sometimes the government would just close the economy for a quarter of a year. Um, so I think bulking up the emergency fund. You never know when they're going to do that. It's, uh, yeah. Bulking up the emergency fund is a good idea right now. And, you know, you and our friend Dieter put up an article that said the emergency fund, I believe it should be at least for sure in all cases, three months of expenses to run your household. Um, six is better. But once you've gotten there, there's other things that could be a part of your emergency fund. You guys wrote an article that kind of considered, is there an emergency fund of things other than cash in the bank? And I know for us, when this started to look like we didn't know what was coming next, I spent $400 at Costco to just completely fill up my house storage with stuff that I knew would last for more than a year in terms of food and dry goods and supplies and stuff. So not dumb, not a dumb move. That's another potential use for your stimulus check. Even if you are one of the rare birds that has six months of expenses set aside, you could say, well, we haven't got a, we haven't got a 72 hour emergency kit or we haven't got a, uh, a few bags of rice and beans and, that might sound a little crazy preppery to you, but I think it's not a bad idea in light of current events. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, it, it, you know, you think about like the use of insurance and one of the uses of insurance is that it, it undercuts worry. And that's nice because, um, you, you know, a lot of our worrying is just sin and wrong. But some of our worry is based on responsibility. And so, you know, insurance, for instance, can help allay some of those worries. It's funny, we felt like several years ago, God was telling us to put things away. Like in our, in our basement, we've got a little spot where we have things like, we actually do have like those five-gallon buckets that we got from Lowe's. They're not completely full, but we have a lot of rice and a lot of beans in these things, which... Okay, I don't. You can say I'm overdoing it, and I have no problem with that. Knock yourself out. But when it looked like, are the lights going to go out? My wife actually turned to me and kind of smiled and said, "We might can use all your beans now." And like, it was like, yeah, there. You know, if the lights go out, I have been thinking about my family. So those kind of things. It wasn't expensive to put some beans and rice in buckets in my basement. Um, we don't talk about uh we don't talk about that emergency fund very often 
but I'll just, I, I'll, because we don't have really a need for it very often, but I, I'll just throw this out. The first time I ever heard of that, I was in my 20s. I was worth about 20 bucks and heard uh, this, this old man talking about it who is a business guru. And I went to this kind of lecture at a friend's house. And this guy mentioned having six months worth of income just stand stand by in cash that you can get access to first of all my mind could not conceive of this idea because at the time that would have been like four thousand dollars for you um i could not conceive of what what he was describing money as having extra money that you decide where it goes what are you talking about if i had any extra money i would fix my car What what do you mean um but what he said at the time, which is such an interesting thing because it seems so practical now to have an emergency fund, but he said at the time, if you have six months of income sitting by, you never be holding to your employer. I thought that was a really interesting, I always thought about that, that, you know, a lot of us feel, can feel at various times that we are ethically compromised by our employer. Or, or you just get so, just so beat down by your job. I remember I have thought before at jobs, like working this job actually destroys my life pulse. My life force goes down because of this job. You think, well, if you had, if you were in either of those kind of situations and you had a, a backup of cash, you could go, well, I can afford to, to reinvent my career or look for a job like that. Like it really gives you this, it's kind of like the, having those beans in the, in the basement. It gives you this thing in the back of your mind where you just go, I don't have to do anything that I don't, we didn't go screaming out to grocery stores the way that, well, oh my goodness. There was a couple of days right when they were announcing that they were basically shutting down Ohio and people went nuts and we just kind of sat on the sidewalk with our arms crossed and went, look at this. This is something else because we just didn't have that level of mania. You did go screaming out to Home Depot because I was on the phone with you. That's true. I thought, I thought they were going to declare Lowe's as being inessential and they were going to shut it down. So I was, I wanted to get like two months worth of home projects, um, at least the the raw materials and uh yeah that's worked out quite well for me well i'll do some foreshadowing here if you ever get around to editing my my build wealth like an ant series um i will be talking about the freedom that having an emergency fund and some cash saved up can provide to anyone if their goal is to actually start a business and i see a lot of people kind of underfunding themselves and then they get sort of trapped when they go to start their own business. The flip side of that is also sometimes you go work a job for a long time, years to, to accomplish that goal. So both things have value. So emergency fund credit cards. And the last one that I wanted to talk about when we wrote about slush funds, we said anchoring assets are things that, you own that maybe they're worth less than you owe on them. 
So this is very common with cars. Somebody goes and drives a new car off the lot. You pay. Why would, why would somebody ever do that, Mark? Well, I've done it. I've been guilty of it. And oh, okay. So I don't know. I don't recommend it, but I think of the two guys on this, this podcast right now, at least two of them have made that mistake. Um, What? I've never owned a new car. Okay. Um, I thought you had. No. Well, in any case, my, my wisdom in the past was if this is you go sell this thing at a loss if you need to buy yourself a cheap car um take the medicine swallow the bitter pill and start saving up so that next time you're not in that situation my advice is going to change slightly right now i i think in the next month we're going to have somebody on the podcast who's going to give us a story of how they rather dramatically changed their entire family's financial picture. Uh, and a big part of it was some smart moves around how they did their vehicles. So look forward to that too. But um, right now, if you're in that position and you had to sell your fancy car, well, there's not as many buyers for fancy cars out there today. No, they're not. And then once, let's say you did sell it and you, you got a less than top dollar for it there's not as many sellers of quality five thousand dollar used cars today because people are hanging on to their old cars and just sort of saying let's see what happens so if you're in absolute dire straits it still might be wise to try and get out from underneath a bad deal if you have like a car or a boat or something like that that you should never have bought but (laughs) if you can wait six months, I think it might be fair to, to push pause on the anchoring assets step in the process. Thoughts? And just, and do what with that stimulus instead? Well, Stick in a little CD or six month CD or something? Possibly. Um, rates are still pretty low for short term savings. So I think you could, again, this isn't Good financial advice, unfortunately, is always highly specific. And this is where it really matters if you're kind of like, well, that sucks that I bought that thing, but I can afford it. Right. Um, That's a different position than somebody who says, I have four months left before this thing causes me to go bankrupt. (laughs) Um, Yes. So it really just depends on your situation. Yeah. All right. Let's say you're sitting there and you're saying, Mark, Quit talking to to the dum-dums and talk to us who have been so smart as to not have any consumer debt, uh, have a fully funded emergency fund, and own no boats, which is the right amount of boats to own. Yes. Then what would we do with this stimulus money? (laughs) Okay, I, I can't wait for this answer. Well, if they have student loans, should they pay them off, Stephen? No. (laughs) Shouldn't pay those off. So here's the deal with with student loans right now. This is just kind of a technical tip for you guys. The, The changes that have been enacted right now actually froze interest on federal loans 
from now until the end of September, which means if you have federal loans, a lot of you have private loans. Those are not the same thing. If you have loans where you owe money to the U.S. government, you don't owe interest on those between March 13th and September 30th. Now there's some tweaks there. Some of the loan servicers are automatically making this change, whereas I've heard others require you to call them and request it. Um, so you should just call your loan servicer and immediately make sure that you're not in the I have to request it bucket. Um, but if you're just paying down your loans and you plan to have them paid off in the next however many years, you should keep paying your loans because every payment you make right now you know, if you've got a mortgage or something like that, you know that a big chunk of it goes to interest every month. Well, between now and September 30th, it all goes to the principal. So this is a great time to make payments on your student loans. Nice. There is one case in which you should not make payments on your student loans right now. And that's if you're in a loan forgiveness program. So a lot of doctors or different healthcare professions and even some teachers can take jobs in underserved communities and things. And part of the deal is if you make 120 payments based on your income, we'll forgive whatever's left over of your loan. Um, that's more and more common. And if you have a, a deal like that set up, the government has said, you don't have to pay for the next six months and we will give you credit as if you had paid. So those 120 payments, we'll give you six of them over the next six months. If that's you, you weren't planning to pay off your loans anyways. You were going to have a bunch of it forgiven. So don't pay it. Just take the free credits and then go back to paying it as soon as things go back to normal. So that's one tip. If you have private loans because you refinanced, that was probably still a smart move. But you should go to, we, we linked on the, on the blog a, a couple of sites where you can go refinance those. Rates are super low. There's a lot of companies willing to give you as much as $500 of bonus just for refinancing. That's worth a lot if you have a $6,000 student loan. Um, so check that out. But otherwise, you don't get any of these treats. Yeah, we, we said this the last time that we talked, but there's so much kind of um, rejiggering happening in all kinds of all kinds of businesses and all kinds of markets and in in financial institutions that if you've got time right now because of quarantine or whatever you should be going through everything in your life looking for opportunity to re re redo it whether it's your insurance this is a great time to be shopping car insurance. It's a great time to be shopping home insurance. It's a great time to be shopping. Um, I'd mentioned our, our lease um, for our business going back and going, Hey, can we, can we change our lease? Um, we, we went through all of our, we, we turned down our phone plans so that we're doing less data because of course we're doing less data. We're not working as much. Um, we canceled a couple of credit cards that have annual fees on them. I mean, we're just going through every single thing looking for looking for fat. And it's a really good time to be doing that for anybody. Lodo spring is turning into Lodo summer. Yes, indeed. Well, my wife told me, I meant to, I meant to brag this to you. She said, 
April will be a record-setting low-dough month. It'll be lower than any February that we've ever had. So that's kind of it's kind of cool. And that's a record that could be broken because you still got those buckets in the basement of beans and rice. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That that could take us three weeks to get through those. Um, so real quick, I'm just going to touch on three things that Stephen has already mentioned. But let's say no student loans, but you have a mortgage. A lot of people have heard in the news that there's like mortgage assistance programs as a part of this package. Uh, what I would say there is if you can't pay your mortgage, there are programs out there right now that will allow you to push pause on making payments. It does not change at all the amount you owe. So this isn't good for you if it's just uh, simply um, that you're going to have to pay it later and you thought, well, I should just apply for this. Uh, so mortgage, only take that if you have been materially injured by the coronavirus closures and you can prove it and really having the financial wiggle room would help you. There's no official programs when it comes to car loans, but Stephen, I believe you were able to negotiate something with, with a car you had just b- borrowed money to buy. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, our business bought a vehicle and um, we went back to the dealer that we financed through and they said, look, you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm inserting this emotion. You guys you guys are good borrowers. We know you're going to be paying back when you can. Listen, what if we just extend your term a few months? We'll just give you several months where you don't have to pay anything. Oh, that'd be fine. And we'll just, we'll just keep it going. And then, and then we, you could just jump back in in a few months. Call us if that doesn't work for you. So like they, they, they're eager to keep us on the line and we're happy to give us um, some more time. So we found that we have found that with, so many vendors and so many uh, lenders and partners and stuff that even going to um, even going to our bank and and I mean everybody's happy to renegotiate. Yeah. So no official programs when it comes to vehicles, but that doesn't mean it's not worth contacting a lender if you're one of these people who has been really damaged by what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said insurance. You know, I would like to not rehash insurance for everybody, but I will say maybe you add an umbrella policy that I've talked about before. That's like 150 bucks a year for most families, and it's actually really meaningful. Go listen to our episode on umbrella insurance if you want some more info on that. Um, term life insurance is a great thing to buy, and it's so unsatisfying to purchase that sometimes, you know, found money, it's like, well, it would really hurt to spend my precious paycheck on this thing, but I guess I'll do what I know is the right thing and go ahead and buy the insurance I need with it um, since I've got some found money. So if all of that has been taken care of and there's still things I think you can do before we get to the last option uh, with this money. And that would be, I think giving is really a reasonable use of stimulus dollars right now especially if you're a person who you know i'm making a hundred thousand dollars a year i'm doing great i've got all these things in order i've got a long-term plan and we're on track well i think it's 
actually pretty delightful to take this all or some of the stimulus money and say, Lord, how would you, uh, how would you like to use this? I'd like to, to put it somewhere outside of my household. So yes, Stephen, Stephen, you had a story that I actually included in the blog post from our buddy, Brad. Will you yes. just kind of tell about what he heard when it came to giving? Yeah, he, he and his wife, he just wanted to act in faith. And like when everybody started getting nervous and clamping down, uh, he and his wife, Sarah, just said, we, we, we know that God's called us to give. We're going to be givers. And when everybody is getting uh, stingy, that's the perfect time to be generous. And so what they did was they went to um, Kroger, headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio, and bought a whole bunch of uh, like 50, 20, 50, $100 gift cards um, to Kroger. And then they went to hourly workers that they knew who had been laid off or furloughed or whatever you want to call it. And these people are stuck. So they, 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 one, they gave them a gift card. This is my gift to you. Tears. Oh, you don't know how much I needed this answer to prayer. Yes. And they gave them a second gift card with like, you know, inside a package or with a bow on it said, now this isn't for you. This is a gift that I want you to give to some, to some, one of your coworkers or a colleague or somebody that you know, who's in a similar situation, which was genius because those people are connected to people in a similar situation. So apparently the, the, the second hand person, the second person that, that stuff was given to, they were even more flabbergasted that like, holy moly, my friend who's a hourly worker who is just who's out of work the same as i am just gave me this gift that i know they can't afford for groceries and you know it was it was like a exponential love of god provision of god explosion so it was pretty nice that's awesome i think the point i want to make about all the stuff we've talked about so far is you could do all of that without a strategic, long-term, very deliberately formulated financial plan. Like you can know with high confidence, you need to get out of consumer debt. You need to have an emergency fund, deal with the, the medium-term debt that is in your life, pay off your student loans, start giving, etc. And so once you get past all of that though, you kind of come to this point where even more thought is required. And this is what I talked about at the beginning of the pod, which was in order to do any planting and certainly in order to get to the the day that you might do some harvesting in your fields, you need to map out what are we going to grow? How long is it going to take to get to where we want to go? Not just, you know, to use our farming metaphor, show me a farmer who just kind of takes his pick mattock and walks out into the field and says, I'm feeling like carrots today and maybe I'll try to harvest them tomorrow. I hope they're done growing by then. I don't really have a plan. Here we go. So I think this is a time in which folks should be very diligent if they've gotten through all the stuff we just talked about, about saying, what are we trying to build here? 
What do we think we've already been entrusted with? What are our dreams for how we want to grow our family's resources? And that process is known in the world. The I was going to say the secular world. But I think it's known in, in the in whole the world. In the wider world. The wide world. As financial planning. And, you know, I thought a lot when I wrote this article about I don't want to turn this article into a an ad because that's what I do all day. And I love to help people through this process. The dirty write ads? What? You write ads all day? Yeah. You write financial plans all day. Yeah. So all day, I the dirty secret is I don't actually write financial plans. I help people figure out how to do their own financial planning. Um, because if I write a financial plan, it's pretty worthless. If, right. if folks write their own, then it's quite valuable to them usually. Um, but I do think this is a fantastic time. You know, I don't think everyone needs a financial planner to be a part of their lives for 50 years at all. Uh, I am more and more convinced that everyone would benefit from having external eyes that can kind of come in and help them formulate plans. My, I'm a financial planner and I do this. I have external professional people help me look at my situation because it's just that valuable. So the point is people are feeling pain, financial pain right now. And even the um, sort of paralysis of choice that comes your way when money just comes into your uh, mailbox that the pain of that moment is 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 similar which is you just don't have a plan and so we're the circumstances of life right now are squeezing people in such a way that they are realizing i just don't have a financial plan and the fact is they need someone to help them do that they need a pro yeah so if that's if that's where you find yourself most all of the stimulus checks will cover really high quality financial planning. And I think that's a good way to use this money and this time. Like when else are you going to be able to do a meeting at 2 PM on a Thursday? Uh, A lot of people that's unrealistic uh, in normal schedule. So I think that's a great thing to do at Abraham's wallet. You can go to the blog, you can click through to outpost advisors, which is my company if you are listening to this and you're thinking, I, I like listening to their podcasts, but those aren't the guys for me, <laughs> I would love to connect you to a really quality financial planner that does real financial planning and won't be trying to sell you things uh, in your neck of the woods. So we're actually connected to a lot of awesome people who do this. And like I said, not a, not a commercial for, for my business. This is really a deeply held belief that this is a fantastic time to, to do some hard work when it comes to planning. Here, here. So that's our, that's our hot sports opinions on best ways to use your coronavirus stimulus check. Stimulating thoughts, Mark. Thank you very much. Yeah. And do we have anything else to say? No. We have nothing else to say. We should we should get out. Okay. Well then, for Abraham's wallet, my name is Mark Parrott. And I'm Stephen Manuel. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.